We welcome former Panther QB and current Panther radio analyst Jake DeLome now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jake, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. Really appreciate it. And I, I guess we got some news to talk about, right? I mean, it just broke a couple of hours ago within the last hour, really. Bryce Young does have that ankle injury. And I'm just wondering from a quarterback standpoint, how would that ankle injury, depending on the severity of it, how does an ankle injury limit you at the QB position? We've seen some guys play on it before, but of course, if it's too severe, he'll miss some time. How does it limit a QB out there? I just think it depends on the type of ankle injury. Um, I'm not so sure. I just found out about this probably five minutes ago. I, I kind of checked my phone and I saw that he was limited. And I'm not so sure what type of practice they had today. It seemed like it was more of a uh, scaled down version. So maybe just need a little more time to rest. I'm not sure what happened during the game. I don't recall ever seeing seeing him get up gimpy mm-hmm. uh, at one point um, or another. But listen, I had a high ankle sprain um, when I went to Cleveland. And it was my right ankle. So that was everything where you push off as a right-handed quarterback. Um, It affected tremendously. I'll be very honest. But that was a high ankle. Those are very different. Um, I've had a quarterback. uh, We had another one on the team that year that had a left high ankle sprain. And it wasn't as bad because that was his land leg, so to speak. It wasn't his push leg. Um, So I think it just all depends and pain tolerance and and, and how severe it is and what what exactly type of ankle roll, I guess you could say, it could be. Yeah, Frank Reich not clear on whether it was a high ankle sprain. All of us trying to gather as much information as possible. So we'll see how that all comes about as the week goes on. Jake, what are you seeing good and bad from Bryce Young through two starts in the NFL? Listen, I, I think, and, and I, I'm, I know for a fact I've said it before the first game, there's going to be some growing pains this year. I, I, I thought last year, we had a potential to be a fringe playoff-type team. I just felt with the experienced quarterback in Baker, we had a number one wide receiver in DJ. thought Robbie Anderson was going to build on the year prior with the speed element. Uh, you had Christian. Um, but then things didn't turn out that way, but the team kind of got the ship going in the right direction and made a push. Now, don't get me wrong, the division was, uh, was down last year. This year, listen, there's going to be some growing pains. And a rookie quarterback – the success rate for these guys coming in and playing well and leading teams to playoffs, is, it's not the greatest. And uh, not really having a true number one wide receiver, uh, having a different offensive line, uh, our most experienced player, besides Taylor Moten. But Austin Corbett, I think for the most part, in my mind, was our most consistent offensive lineman last year uh, uh, when you go through all 17 games. Not having him, and there was going to be there was gonna be some growing pains. And Atlanta, you know, there were some issues there. Bryce had a couple of interceptions, and uh, we had the, lost the turnover battle. But Monday night, you know, we played better. Didn't like our matchup with the Saints. I know it's a division opponent, but losing J.C. Horn and the receivers the Saints have, I thought it would be a challenge for us. Um, and defensively, uh, inserting another new offensive lineman in the mix, losing Brady Christensen with the Saints defense, and, and it was a challenge. And uh, I thought we battled hard. I truly believe I like what I'm seeing with Bryce. I, I mean, I understand, you know, people might want and expect other things, but I just think we're trying to find our way. But I think he is showing some flashes of, you know what, there's a chance here. Now, you know, receiver-wise, we're, we're, we're working through what are we going to be receiver-wise? Who's going to be our go-to guy? Um, Hayden Hurst caught a few passes week one. Adam Thielen caught some last week. 
Uh, I think Ming- Mingo, there's a chance there for some plays to happen. Um, and it was a little quiet night for him the other night. You know, the pass hit him in the face. Uh, one of those, he was able to catch the corner out late in the game. And we- we're going to have to have patience, guys. I know that fans don't want to hear that. And I'm just giving a-, a company line. But it is what it is. I mean, that's kind of what I see with this football team, especially offensively, and what I see on the field. Jake, let me say, uh, this is Wes Bryant here. Let me start this conversation off with, uh, I have a lot of guys that are my guys that we've talked about on this show. And let me say that uh, you were definitely one of my guys. My friend uh, Ozzy and I used to call you Gambit from the X-Men because you're from Louisiana. Has anybody ever uh, called you Gambit before? Or are you familiar no, with no. Gambit from the X-Men? I, I am familiar with the name, but no, nobody, nobody has ever called me that. Yeah, but man, I, my boy. I appreciate, you... I appreciate it. You're probably one of the five on my, uh, my, my, my fan club. So I appreciate it. Yeah, me and my boy used to be talking about you on the phone, and we'd be like, look at Gambit. He's starting to get hot out there throwing those cards. But uh, back to the conversation about Bryson. You talked about the receivers, and Bryce is such a football savant. What's it like as a quarterback when you go out and you know what guys you have that can play and which ones might have a little bit more difficult time with their matchups and things of that nature? Do you think that Bryce sometimes, because a lot of people looked at him and thought maybe his demeanor was a bit off or things like that, what's it like as a quarterback when you go out with some receivers that you know might have some trouble uh, winning their matchups on a consistent basis? How does that play into your psyche? Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was so blessed and lucky in Carolina when I started playing here. I mean, I had two number ones. I had, a, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer in Steve Smith, and I had Musin Muhammad. So I had two number ones, to be very honest. So uh, those guys were just different. Um, when I went to Cleveland in 2010, we really didn't have those guys, to say the least. We had two young guys that, you know, I'm not so sure. It just was what it was there. Ben Watson was our tight end, the only true kind of, threat we kind of really had listen Bryce you watch him play you watch his body language everything about him he's very calculated he's so level-headed but you can just tell there's a couple of times he probably just wants to scream because it's frustrating Uh, all the success he had in high school all the success in college Um, and there were a couple of plays the other night you watch him and he, he bats his chest like my bad I missed it there's so much going on in his mind and he's so smart he's so intelligent I was lucky enough to sit in during training camp within a quarterback meetings with all the guys. And this, this kid's on another level mentally as a rookie. I was so ill-prepared as a rookie to even think to try to do what he's doing. I, I mean, it would be a joke if I would have tried to play as a rookie. And watching him play, and I understand it's frustrating. And I, you can see, you know, that frustration. But he's so even keeled that, you know, it's going to take some time, man. It's going to take some time. And hopefully we can kind of – see progress as the season goes on this is not in my opinion i just don't think we can have the expectation that this is a team that that can be a a big playoff team this year i mean there's going to be some growing growing pains and some of the injuries we're starting to accumulate um especially on defense we've lost two of our better players in my opinion well, Jake, also, too, you sitting in film rooms, you see all of the positions, 1 through 11, what guys are doing. What's your take on the offensive line, mainly Iki Aquanu, and what differences have you seen from him between last year, the preseason, and now in the regular season? Listen, it's a two-game sample. I still see a very powerful run blocker. That's what I see. I think he's very, very powerful in the run game. Um, even the other night. Uh, he was leading around on the, uh, I think it was the fourth down play when Andy Dalton came in and we did the little dive pitch. 
uh, just throwing guys around. Pass game-wise, um, listen, I think he's a really good pass blocker, but I think there's, there's still going to be room for improvement. Uh, there's a couple of times, you know, maybe he'll get his head ducked down a little bit and somebody can go around him. But early on in the season last year, I thought Miles Garrett got after him a little bit in the first game, and rightfully so, because Miles Garrett is one of these unicorns, uh, so to speak. Um, but I thought Icky really played well throughout the course of the season, and I think he's done a decent job so far. But I'm giving credit to the other side. I know what Carl Granderson is. I know what Cam Jordan is. Those guys show up constantly on film. And I probably watch the Saints second most as compared to Carolina just because my proximity of where I live and the things like that. I mean, that's a talented bunch we played the other night. Um, but they're all talented in the NFL. And uh, Icky, I think he's an excellent run blocker. I think he's a good pass protector, but I think he'll continue to get better in that regard. That's the voice of former Panther quarterback Jake DeLome joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline and current Panther radio analyst. You know, Jake, it, I've seen some people talk about the guard injury specifically with Austin Corbett not being able to come back at least for four weeks. Brady Christensen now out for the year on the other side. I've seen people discuss the importance of the guards because they help create some throwing lanes for Bryce Young. How true is that to you in your eyes? What is that kind of responsibility? for the starting interior offensive lineman? Well, so listen, no quarterback wants to get hit, right? And that's why I was such a huge proponent and so happy when we drafted Derrick Brown. A quarterback despises pressure in the face. You can get somebody that comes from the outside, right? You can step up and climb the pocket uh, when they're coming from the outside. But you want that interior to be clean, and that's something when it's not clean, it's very difficult. But I don't think it's an issue with Bryce seeing the field, to be honest. He hasn't come close, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, of a pass being close to being batted down. Uh, I think he does a great job with his eyes, manipulating the defense, knowing where he's supposed to go with the football. Um, But he gets up on his toes sometimes to make a pass. I think he's just learned that, hey, I'm 5'10", 5'10 and a half, this is who I am, and he's learned to make those type of throws. And I don't think that's an issue. Yes, you don't want interior pressure. Absolutely not. That's the last thing a quarterback wants. Mm -hmm. It's absolute misery when you do have the interior push. Uh, But the kid does a good job of kind of maneuvering in the pocket. I'm a big fan, and I'm not a Panther cheerleader just because, okay, I do games for the Panthers. I think you see some things with this kid that it got. you have to feel pretty good about it. I know watching the game Monday night, you know, if I'm watching Derek Carr, who's in his 10th year and is getting paid $150 million, and I'm watching Bryce Young, who's in his second game ever in the NFL with a new offense, and, you know, the Saints, they're pretty, they've got weapons. Uh, their weapons might be a little bit better than ours right now. I feel pretty good about what we have at quarterback. I'm going to be very honest. And so, Jake, too, to, to close it out, when, when you were playing, how long did it take for the game to start slowing down for you? And at what point do you think it could start to slow down for Bryce since he's playing out of the gates? Well, listen, for me, I came in in 1997. I was ready to play in 2000. And that's, that's, <laughs> to be, that's the honest truth. Uh, we were the, – the Saints were not – we just weren't there yet. When Mike McCarthy uh, in 2000 took over as the offensive coordinator in New Orleans um, and I had a whole offseason of quarterback school and – that was just a very intense offseason that teams can't do anymore because of the CBA rules. I was ready to play in 2000. So it wasn't even remotely close. I, wouldn't have, I couldn't have held a clipboard my rookie year, much less kind of go on the field and, 
and try to perform the way Bryce was performing. I, w- I was not ready. Some guys were ready. I definitely was not. Um, Peyton Manning, yeah, he, he played as a rookie every game. And we all know, 3-13 and 13 still holds the record for the most interceptions in a season. Um, it's difficult. Big Ben, I remember him. He played as a rookie, and Pittsburgh was good. But they were good because of their defense in the run game. It wasn't because of Big Ben, not yet. He developed it over time. I mean, it's it's hard for a guy to come in and, and do some great things. You know, I um, there's, there's numerous times in history, even Patrick Mahomes, he played one game his rookie year. It takes time. Aaron Rodgers, I think he'll tell you the same thing. It just takes a little time. Jake, I'm about tired of the self-slander, though, here, man. Like, okay, you could have been playing a little bit earlier. That's fine. And, look, you must have been doing something right for you to be one of the players that was nominated for the upcoming class to go into the Hall of Fame. Now, you are alongside some of your former teammates, like a Steve Smith, who needs to be in the Hall of Fame already. We've talked about that time and time again. But now we have Julius Peppers eligible. We talked about him yesterday after some of that news dropped. Can we just get some freak Julius Peppers stories? We had some people on the text line asking or and just telling us, man, we wanted to see him get a touchdown reception. We wanted to see him be involved in <laughs> offense at some point, and we'd see him go out there. Did you think there was ever a shot that we might just see a touchdown reception from the freak that is Julius Peppers? Hey, listen, we tried. And look, it might have been my fault. I mean, he lined up and we throw the fade at practice, and he would just jump in the air, and he just kind of hang and kind of. It, it just, it, for whatever reason, it just, it just never worked. And uh, I'll be quite honest, number eighty-nine wasn't too happy when he came off the field, and Julius uh, had to go. And so we liked having eighty-nine out there. But, but listen, I think the freak of all freak plays to me was Julius, um, and, and I can't remember the year exactly. It was either oh three or oh four. We're playing Tampa at home in Bank of America Stadium, and they throw a screen pass to Michael Pittman Sr., and it's on the Tampa sideline, and he is running for a touchdown, and Julius runs across the field, runs him down, and pulls him down from behind. That's when you know just the freak that was Julius Peppers. He did things that normal people shouldn't do. Um, I throw a screen pass in practice one day. You know, you drop back, you eyeball a linebacker, you shoulder shrug, I drift back, and I mean, I threw the ball up and over him, and he jumped up with one hand, and I swear he jumped 13 feet in the air and just stabbed it, like caught the point of the ball with his left hand and took off the other way, and everybody just stopped and started laughing. And I looked at Coach Fox, and he boxed it in typical Foxy fashion. <laughs> Good thing he's on our team. I mean, there was nothing, <laughs> and that's all you could say. It's just Julius would do things, and, and Jordan Gross can tell you, he just would pray he wouldn't suck early on because Julius, like, I hope Julius is just having a bad day because it was just so difficult to go against him in practice because he didn't lollygag. He didn't take plays off, and he was just Julius. He just didn't talk. He did his job. And Jordan will tell you, he, he's what made Jordan that good of a football player for all those years because he – you have to go against the freak show every day. Yeah, Jake, that John Fox sentiment of I'm glad he's on our team. I've heard that so many times from former Panthers players about not only jo- uh, not only Julius Peppers, but Chris Jenkins. Those are my favorite former athlete oh. stories of all time to hear about Chris Jenkins destroying anybody in his way and Julius Peppers doing things that only freak shows could. Well, I'll tell you what, I know Julius has some young kids, but Chris Jenkins, if you ever watch Michigan play, he has a son that's on the defensive line in Michigan. Yeah, um, this kid's a big-time football player. So, Chris Jenkins was another one. We were blessed, man. We had some talent on that football team. Um, well, the football teams in the 
early 2000s in Carolina. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to hear about some of that stuff and a lot of fun to hear your confidence in Bryce Young. A lot of fun to talk to you, period. That's Jake DeLome, former Panther QB, current Panther radio analyst, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jake, we really appreciate the time, man. Have a good rest of your day. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. Take care.